Hello and welcome to A Dummy's Guide to Geekdom, the show that tries to give everyone a crash course on geek culture. Whether you're trying to understand some trends, know enough to start a conversation with a friend, or you just want to understand what on earth someone is talking about, we are here for you. I am your super dummy Paul, and it is me on my own for a solo schmolo, as our good friend Tony Farina might call it. Just wanted to start off by saying a massive thank you to all of you who have been listening since the start. We've had some great episodes, some great feedback, lots of great guests, I hope you'll uh, agree. And a big thank you to all of them for the time they've spent with me. It's been great. I've said great a lot. Um, But yeah, it's wonderful to hear people talk about the things that they love. So I've been really enjoying this and hopefully there'll be a lot more lovely content to come. I nearly said great again but I managed to skip away from it. Um, Also, just some housekeeping. Some of you may already know this, but I've got together with some amazing independent creators. Some of them you'll know from Comics in Motion. Some of them you'll know from other places. But we've got together to create a nice little group called the Pop Culture Collective. Basically, what it is, we just believe in each other and we want to support each other and we want to boost each other's presence. So what we're doing is we've got together and created a newsletter. It's going to come out every week. You'll be hearing from some people every week. Some people come and go. So there'll be lots of different things. But basically, it'll just be updates on what people are up to, whether it's podcasting, writing, artists. We've got the whole mixture. So do sign up. I'm going to be in there most weeks reminding people what I'm up to because as you know I'm rubbish at social media and let's face it social media just doesn't have the power it used to so a lot of people are moving to newsletters and we thought we'll join the party so if you want to keep up with me with some of the comics in motion family some of the extended family we've got Mike Burton we've got Spider Dan we've got the whole Femon Collective All of them are on there. We've got Tony Farina. We've got some people signed up who haven't even started creating stuff yet. But as soon as they do, it's going to be on the newsletter. So be sure to sign up pccnewsletter.com. Or there is also a link on my own website, superdummy.co.uk. Yeah, go on there. Let us know what you think. Give us some feedback if there's anyone else you think we should be talking to who you would like to see on the newsletter, let me know. But yeah, there's going to be some great stuff on there. Um, The content that people send to me and we're sending out in the newsletter, I'm very excited. So it's just an easy way to keep up to date with what we're all doing and all the great stuff that's out there. Because let's face it, it is amazing and you don't want to miss out. So be sure to sign up. Speaking more generally, as always, if you have any topics you want us to cover on this show, on the dummies guide then do contact me just head over to the website superdummy.co.uk go onto the dummies guide page and all the contact information is there but moving on to today so a good friend math who you may have heard on some of the comics in motion shows he's been doing some guesting here and there he is hoping to start a new podcast a new show for dungeons and dragons a campaign with a few of us getting together monthly just to have a bit of fun. And there's likely to be a few people in that group playing that haven't played before. And of course, there's bound to be lots of people listening 
who have no idea about anything Dungeons and Dragons, including me, I have to say. I've never played it. I've listened to some people play it before. Um, so I've got a general idea, but not a massive one. So what happened is I got together with Math, and he helped me create a character on dndbeyond.com. It's a website that has endless amounts of Dungeons and Dragons rules and information and tools. And one of those is a character creator. So in the process of doing that, he explained a lot of the terminology, um, a lot of what means, how things are used later on. So we're going to use that as our guide. Through February, we're going to have weekly episodes which are Dungeons and Dragons focused as we go through the character creator and describing bits and pieces, the different races, the classes, abilities, everything. Um, and then hopefully at the end of it, everyone's going to have sort of a, a basic understanding of the general rules that come with Dungeons and Dragons and all the terminology. So that's going to be starting next week. This week, I thought I would just give a real basic starter. I've done some research, I've spoken to math. So we're gonna go from the real basics, what the hell is it and how does it work? Because I think people will basically know about Dungeons and Dragons as that thing that people play and pretend to be orcs and go off and do adventures. And it's got something to do with dice. Uh, but beyond that, I think there's a lot of gaps in people's knowledge, shall we say. So let's go right back to the start. Dungeons and Dragons was first published in 1974. It was created by Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson. There's a good chance I'm pronouncing those names wrong. So apologies to both of them. But it was published by Tactical Studio Rules, a company which they created themselves because they were struggling to find publishers willing to back them. It is now published by Wizards of the Coast, which is owned by Hasbro. Wizards is also the company that first released Magic the Gathering, a card-based game which you may have heard of. So they have a lot of knowledge in this area. Dungeons & Dragons was initially based on a miniatures war game called Chainmail, which is also co-created by Gary Gygax. So the first version of Dungeons & Dragons had a lot of similarities to miniature war games. Um, if you're not really sure what that is, it's basically you role play battles and you control units. There's generally, you've got miniatures that represent your unit. Sometimes they just use blocks. Um, but yeah, it's like wargaming. You against someone else. There are lots of rules to it. Uh, and that's what it was based off. So there was a lot of similarities. Um, slowly, they adapted the game to what we know of today. The main difference that always set it apart was that, as I say, in wargaming, you may be control of an army or a battalion or whatever. But in Dungeons & Dragons, right from the very start, you played as an individual character. Now, there has been many versions, a lot of tweaks over the years. So, for example, in the very beginning, there was both a basic and an advanced game type. Nowadays, there is only one main game type, the current version of which is known as the 5th edition and was released in 2014. 
Each version will be accompanied by a new rulebook, uh, various guides on how to play, and of course, each edition has a new player's guide for people like me and you who have no idea what's going on. There is one of those available. If you go to D&D Beyond, there is a new player's guide on there. You can buy one from your favorite comic book shop, probably your favorite tabletop shop. I don't know what they're called, but a place that sells geek stuff. You know what I'm talking about. So the level of changes varies between each new version. But from everything I've read, the latest version is widely regarded as the best they've ever done. It strikes a balance between the depth of gameplay and easy to understand. They've taken a lot of the mistakes they've made in the past, a lot of things that people like. They've put it all together. And this fifth edition seems to be what people are loving. So that's a good thing. It should be with us for a while. I believe they are working on the next edition, um, which is due to release in a year or two but I'd be surprised if they change it that much because people are enjoying this one so far. So it is worth noting that I said one main game type, but there are a lot of additional rule sets available. Some of them are official, some of them are fan-made. They can be anything from small tweaks to massive changes. They use the rules of Dungeons & Dragons and all the work that's been created over the years. And they build on that. So it could just be that they change character types. Or it could be a completely new setting. Once someone has kind of got a good grasp on how the D&D rules work, the imagination of whoever is in control really can go from there. And that's their only limit. So there are ones that are based on Star Wars. There are ones that are based on Lord of the Rings. There's all sorts of things. It's just using the ideas of Dungeons and Dragons and creating wonderful things with it because it just works so well. If you're trying to create a game that is based on people's imagination with very few restrictions, really, and as we go into it, you'll kind of understand what I mean. It's just whatever you want to happen can happen. The world is your oyster. From all that, how does it actually work? I'm not going to get too bogged down in the rules because there are many, many, many of them. Um, as I say, there are new players' guides, new rule books, all sorts of things available. Go to D&D Beyond, go to the Dungeons & Dragons main website over on Wizards of the Coast. There are fan-made ones. You can get them on Amazon. You can get them from bookshops. If you want to go really deep dive, you can. But for now, we're just going to start the basics. And as I say, week by week, with maths, creating the character, we're going to build on that. And hopefully by the end, you'll have a good idea of how you can start. And then once you get started, you can learn some of the more detailed bits and bobs. So the basics. It all starts with one person. They are the DM, the Dungeon Master, or some players use GM, Game Master, Dungeon Master is generally for Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, game Master sometimes is what more widely used in other tabletop games. So it's whatever term they prefer, basically. They are the ones in control of the setting as much as anyone is in control. That This person has kind of the biggest idea of what's going on. They will be the one who has created a rough storyline. No, I stress rough. This will often include maps 
descriptions of the environments, storylines, surrounding characters. The DM is basically the voice of the world around you. They will be guiding you through, maybe making nudges in certain directions as much as possible. They will have an idea of how things develop, but the exact journey along the way kind of isn't up to them. But they're the one that's mostly in control. Sort of. Each other player will be role-playing as a main character of the story, usually a hero of whatever story is unfolding. I say usually, sometimes people like to do weird things, but the idea is the players are the heroes. Their players are the people that are central to the whole thing. They have complete control over their actions. So as I said, even though a DM will have a storyline in mind, exactly how it unfolds and moves along will be down to the players. They make the decision where they go. They make the decision how they act. The DM will maybe adapt what they've got in mind to fit that. And, you know, it's not going to be like the DM says you can't turn left at the corridor. You have to turn right. You can turn left. They'll just tweak the story and you'll end up where you were going to end up anyway. But it's about building the story along the way. That's what makes a good DM. And the players are basically the chaos factor because you never know what they're going to do. So a DM might start by describing the room the characters are in, the setting, the people around them, the whole environment to give them an idea of what's going on around them. The DM, for example, might describe that Sums comes up to them and explains a problem and role plays the conversation with you. This other person would be known as an NPC, a non-playable character. These are characters that the DM have created. They'll voice them. Some DMs like to do particular voices. Some DMs don't. It's kind of down to individual preferences. Different voices helps. It makes it feel more immersive for the players. But the idea is that you're building the world around them. You're going to have different characters. People will react to you in different ways. Obviously, the players are not actually in that situation. And they can't read the DM's mind. So you need to find a way to determine what the character knows. So you can ask the DM questions. What do they look like? How are they behaving? What can you see? What exactly have they said? And as your character, you can ask the NPC questions. And the DM will answer as they were that person. So the DM is now playing as this random individual. But for other things, for decisions, for what your character should know or what your character might be able to see, this is where dice start to come in. Every character has abilities, which we'll get more into when we do the character creation. But some of these will help you find out, for example, if someone is telling the truth or maybe guide the DM in telling you what extra information your character would already know. For example, an NPC may tell you that little Jimmy is lost down the well and they need your help. So you may ask for an insight check as an example. A check is just a game word for saying that you want to try roll the dice to see what else you can discover above what you've already been told. It's checking against your knowledge, what you can see, as Math will describe later, insight is basically your bullshit detector. So the DM will tell you to roll a d20, which is a 20-sided dice, 
Dungeons Dragons has dice of all different shapes and sizes, depending on the situation. D&D Beyond has an online dice roller with all of them on there, so you don't have to buy them all, but you can buy them all. They're all available. Some of them are really nice. So the DM will then have a number in mind which you need to beat for you to win. The higher the roll, it may be that there is more that you're able to tell. So let's, for example, say you rolled a two. Now, the DM will likely, on a 20-sided dice, will likely say, I don't know, 10 or 11 and above, you start to gain more information. In a two, you're not going to get that much out of it. So the DM will say, you can't tell if the person's telling the truth or not. If you did roll higher, maybe they'll be able to say you can see if there's a bit of deception in your eyes or you tend to believe them or you think there's something else going on if you roll a 20 then they may say that you basically read their minds you see their inner hopes and dreams it not literally but that's an example the higher the lower it can adapt but for this example you've rolled a two so you don't know jimmy may be stuck down the well what do you do? Do you say to the person, okay, I'm going to help? Or do you say to the person, nah, don't fancy that, and you walk away? It's at that point that the DM might have to completely change everything because their storyline may be entirely based around you going to help Jimmy and something happening. It may not be. But if you decide that you don't want to help Jimmy, then... They're going to have to change the storyline. They're going to have to change what happens next. They're going to have to change how you come to find yourself in a particular place to battle a particular monster or something. So for this example, let's say you're still not sure. You've rolled a two. You didn't gain any more information. You're chatting with the other players. But then they remember something. One of your fellow players may have a character that has a proficiency in history. And we'll do more about proficiencies when we create the character. And they're role-playing that they know a lot about this area. So they may say to the DM, I'm going to do a history check. I'm going to check against the knowledge that my character should know about this area. Do they know something? So they roll the dice. They may get the highest number they can. They may get really good roll. And so based on that, they can ask the DM some information. They can say, well, what would my character know about this? Would they know anything about the minds? Maybe the DM turns around and says, well, yeah, your character, based on their history knowledge, based on their knowledge of the area, would say that actually the mine was sealed up with an immovable object many years ago. So how can Jimmy be stuck down the well? Okay, so this is a really bad example, but you get the idea. The dice are there to help decide what your character will and won't know. Because you as players, you don't really know what is around you. You can't physically see what is around you. You're not in the DM's mind, as I said. So you don't really know sometimes what questions you even need to ask. But the dice will give you a guide. Do you want to do an insight check? Will I know something? A perception check? Will I be able to see something? And depending on how high the dice roll, the DM makes a decision based on what your character would know. 
Now, that's not the only thing that the skills are used for. You also have stealth, for example. So if you want to sneaky sneaky past a guard to get into somewhere, it would be easy enough for you to say, hey, well, I'm really good at this, so I just snuck past the guard and hooray, we're in. Or the DM could say, nah, you're rubbish at it, and the guard saw you. What makes the decision? Again, it's the dice. You roll a stealth check. How high did you roll? What happens? That is how the story is built. You may have sleight of hand. You want to pickpocket someone. That's how good you are at that. Acrobatics. You may need to jump over some gaps somewhere. Did you manage it? Did you fall? Did you break your ankle? These decisions are all made by the dice. They all add random elements to how things will play out. So when you couple that with the player's imagination, the DM's ability to adapt to the stories you move along and create storylines and build the worlds around you, this is how the Dungeons & Dragons stories play out. The possibilities are absolutely endless. Entire storylines have been completely ruined because characters just chose not to take a certain path or they chose to have a longer rest. You know, something was happening first thing in the morning, but the characters have just come out of a massive battle. They didn't want to do something straight away. They thought their characters needed the rest. So they have the rest, they wake up, and the world has ended around them. They have to adapt. Maybe a freak sequence of dice rolls means a particularly horrible monster is defeated with the blink of an eye, and the whole plan for how the... DM is going to make them suffer is just ended. Maybe the DM just didn't roll very well because every time there's a battle, the DM is playing as the other person. So they're making those decisions. They're rolling those dice. And those rolls are hidden from everybody else. So you don't really know what's going on. You can only tell by the way that it's reacting. Maybe small adventures can change into giant game-changing events because one of the players just asked the DM a question that got their imagination flowing in just the right way and all things went on from there. So I hope that's given you at least a basic idea of how it works. Um, from there, hopefully it will make the next series of episodes make a bit more sense. We're going to, as I say, do races, classes, the different skills and abilities. We'll talk more about exactly how it happens. There is a reason so many people love this. The possibilities are endless. You can use your imagination, go wild, do whatever you want. And the dice just add that complete unpredictability. So, you know, some of us just, when we're trying to imagine things, the storylines, how things react. It's very easy to get bogged down and say, hey, I'm really good at this, so I'm going to win everything. Well, the dice keep you on your toes. You never know what's going to happen. And that's why people love Dungeons & Dragons so damn much. So, be sure to keep listening. Be sure to subscribe to the PCC newsletter at pccnewsletter.com. Keep up to date. I will tell you there when all the episodes are coming out and all the links will be in there as well. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you still have questions by the end of it, 
send them to me and I will get maths to answer them because I ain't got a clue. This has basically used up all my knowledge uh, and I'll have to do quite a bit of research to get this far. But that's the fun of it. It sounds amazing. I can't wait for the campaign to start because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for listening and I will see you next time.